0: Life is all about balance, and finding your financial zen starts with getting real, even if it's not what you want to hear. Welcome to The Balancing Act. I'm Christy Hanks. Hey guys, it's Christy. I am battling a little bit of a cold today, so you guys just have a little bit of sympathy for me. Um, I might be sniffling and sneezing throughout here, but... We're going to be tackling a monster topic today called the 10,000-pound gorilla. I know that you guys have probably heard that analogy used before, but today it's going to be relating to debt. I'm going to be giving you guys my opinion on a lot of this stuff. Take it or leave it. But the Webster's Dictionary defines debt as the state of being under obligation to pay or repay someone or something in return for something received. The state of owing. I don't know about you, but just about every single American today is in debt of some kind. Whether it's a mortgage, a car loan, student loan, credit card debt, payday loan, whatever it is. And another word for debt. I want you guys to think of the way we think about debt. I want to put this word in there. It's a liability. A lot of people don't tend to think of it that way. In the culture today we think of debt as a means to get what we want when we want it right now without having to delay gratification. The idea of saving for short-term purchases is basically obsolete at this point. I don't think people and I may be wrong here, there may be some people out there that do this, but I don't think people go, hey, I really want a new TV. I'm going to save for that and buy it in six months. So if that's you, congratulations. (laughs) But if it's not, then I think this topic is really important for you to hear. The new generation has been taught that debt is just like a normal part of life. It is normal to put that expensive vacation on a credit card and pay it off over the next three years. It's normal to buy that brand new car you've had your eye on without saving a dime for it because you can just make payments for the next 72 months. They are now having seven and eight year car loans. And whenever you really dive into the numbers on that and you just look past the monthly payment, that looks, you know, pretty reasonable. Taking a look at what your interest Is going to be over that seven or eight year period is huge. And it's something you need to consider. I know it's nice to get that low monthly payment. Oh, look, I can afford that. No, you can't. No, you shouldn't. And so that's, again, it's my opinion. Another thing is that people don't think that they need to work during college. That's totally crazy nowadays. Just take out a student loan. I'm sure you've heard all about that. Take out a student loan. There's no way you can work your way through college. Well, I have a newsflash. People do it all the time. The massive burden of debt is going to cripple our generation if we don't wake up to reality. Debt is a liability, and when your assets don't equal your liabilities, you're digging yourself into a deep hole. I've talked about the idea of compounding interest, saving early, and the benefits of it. It works the opposite way with debt. Compounding interest continues to dig you into a deeper hole and it makes sure that the ladder you have to climb out of that has really tiny rungs really close together. So you take these tiny little steps at a time and you don't really make a whole lot of progress. It's designed that way so they can continue to charge you interest over such a long period of time. They don't want you taking these giant leaps out of the hole because they're going to make less money. This is a business. And sometimes people don't think of it that way. Just, by the way, if you hear people talking in the background, I'm in an office. People work here, so just get used to it. Um, there's going to be other people talking around me, and they're in the other office. But this is a business. The credit card companies and the, the loan companies, the banks, they don't care about you. They don't care that you you need these things. They What they look at is the bottom line. How much can we loan money out? How much Debt can these people accumulate? How much interest can we charge them? It's a business. They have a bottom line. They have shareholders they have to answer to. They have quarterly numbers they need to meet and you guys are their customers. It's not entirely our fault. Yes, we make the decision to take on debt, but society and very well-placed marketing has trained us to believe that we are better off now. That this is the normal way of life. We have a debt crisis in this country. Not only the citizens, but the United States of America is trillions of dollars in debt. Take a look at the debt calculator, if you get a chance. Just google debt calculator. Watch how fast those numbers are racking up. It's terrifying to know that our country is in that deep of a hole of debt. So, on the other side, how do we fix this problem? Because I'm not just here to talk to you guys about how bad it is, what terrible choices you're making. Don't worry, I'm not just here to judge you. I've made them all too. (laughs) I got that new car I mentioned that I'm making payments on. I have a plan on paying it off. And that's the point. It's just have a plan. Have a plan to pay these things off. Save aggressively for your short-term expenses. It all starts with perspective. Do you really believe that you're better off? And if so, I think you are in desperate need of a reality check and fast our income is our most powerful tool. Let's talk briefly about this tool and how debt affects our ability to save. I'm going to give you a little bit of an example, and it's a rough example. It's just right here off the top of my head, but let's just imagine a couple. They make a reasonable living. They've got a mortgage, a little bit of student loan debt, one car loan. As everyone kind of commonly said, you're always going to have a car payment. They've got one of those, and the numbers aren't really incredibly important at this time, but let, let's just imagine this couple decides to take a vacation. We work hard, we we sacrifice during the year, and we, we deserve a vacation. So they put it all on a credit card. Flights, rental, hotel stay, activities. You know, let's let's be honest, it's got to be an Instagram-worthy vacation, so it's not cheap. Now let's say that they aren't like most people. Most people don't make plans like this, but Let's say they have a plan, and they're going to pay this vacation off in two years, making payments to their credit card company. Well, next year rolls around, and, you know, I worked hard, and I, I need a break, and I deserve a vacation. All my friends are going on vacation, I'm, and it's got to be Instagram-worthy. It's got to be on a beautiful beach somewhere or by the side of a mountain. I need I need that post, you know, so that that's a, the, the society we live in today is – You know, keeping up with the Joneses is a a common term. It's been around since, gosh, I don't know how long. It goes all the way back to, like, this cartoon. It's so true, even today, keeping up with your friends. Well, back to my example. So they decide to take another vacation. And, again, they're going to put all this on their credit card. And they're going to commit to paying it off, but they're going to pay it off in three years because part of their income is already tied up paying off vacation number one. So they have less income to pay off vacation number two. And let's just, for, for, for hypothetical sake, say they do this every year. Do you think that they're ever going to make any real progress getting out of debt? At what point do you think that they get so deep in the hole that they can only make the minimum payments on those cards? How many years are they going to spend paying for these vacations? I use this hypothetical example to show you that these types of decisions are taking away your most powerful tool. Your income. You're committing a portion of your income for years in the future time and time again. You're dividing it between so many different things for years in the future and the scariest part is thinking about the fact that what if your income changes? What if you get hurt and you can't earn an income? Do you think that the creditors are going to care? Nope. You have accumulated a liability and they expect you to pay it. Saving for short-term expenses is a must, in my opinion. It should absolutely be required. You should be saving for those things, like car repairs or the new TV. You should even be saving for the things you can't plan for, like hospital bills or the eventual possible layoff from a job. I'm not saying that you're going to be prepared for everything life throws at you because you're not. I like to think of it as that little mayhem guy from the, um, I think it's the Allstate commercial where mayhem is just out there trying to happen to you. And it's super true. Something is always going to be out there. You know, you may or may not be 100% prepared for it. But I've found, since I have been saving and doing, following these steps of taking, having a budget and paying off my debt and having a plan, these things don't feel like catastrophes anymore. That car repair that has to be done won't freak out anymore. I'm just like, okay, well, this is what I've been planning for. This is why it's there. I'm, I'm so thankful that I have it. And it's not this like, oh crap moment. I think the more prepared you are for these things, the less you find that you're in a catastrophe. You should absolutely be saving for a vacation. And newsflash, if you cannot afford something, you shouldn't buy it. Now this is my opinion, and I'm a thousand percent guilty of doing exactly what I mentioned before. My very first credit card, I went on a vacation and I put everything on that card because I wanted the miles. I spent a lot of time paying that off. there were trips after that. I did the exact same thing. And it just, it just dug me into a hole. You want to know why I use that hypothetical example? I am that person. And getting out of that hole took making giant steps on that ladder. And that took making a budget. And that took making a plan. And that took a change in perspective. And a change of my behavior. I'm not telling you guys to do anything I wouldn't do myself. I've cleaned up my act and I want to see you guys do the same. Because a lot of people give our generation uh, a bad rap, a bad name. They're like, these kids aren't thinking about their money, and they don't understand how to spend, and they don't know how to budget. And I think it's total BS. I think that we're doing a lot better than they think. And I think they're seriously underestimating us. If we get our act together, we're going we're gonna to prove them to be incredibly wrong. And I think the power of the knowledge and the, the spread of information through social media and things like podcasts just make this information so readily available to us that we can't help but succeed if we take the time and actually make a change. And I, I'm completely confident that each and every person can and, and must do this. So, moving on. If we let the trend go on too long, where we're you know spending all the money in our bank account and putting stuff on credit cards and not having a plan to pay off our debt. Um, And then we decide that we're going to carry some of this debt into the R word, retirement. And the income we have committed to these creditors starts to erode our savings at an alarming pace. Because, shocker, in retirement you're no longer making a income. Debt becomes much more scary in retirement. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. I'm going to do a total topic on retirement. But when you're planning for retirement, you have to think about what kind of life you want to live how much you need to save and how much income you need. If we carry a lot of debt with us, that number is gonna be a lot higher. Life can be more enjoyable and simpler if we're conscious about how our money decisions now will impact our future. People value the things that they have way more when they know that how hard they had to work for it and save for it and plan to buy it. Walking into the store and swiping your card and not thinking about what it's going to cost you, truly what the cost of that is, or if you can afford it, is a really bad way of doing it. And there's not, a, there's not like a nice way to say that. There's not like an, a, a softer way. That's a big mistake. And I, I think people need to hear that because your friends and family may sugarcoat it for you. And that's not what I'm here to do. Making financial decisions on a whim and not considering whether you actually can pay for them Is not optimal. It's not the right way to do it and I'm guilty of it, but if I don't tell you what I think and I don't give you my honest opinion, then I'm not doing you any good and you shouldn't listen to my podcast. It's not the right way to do it. I don't know if you've ever experienced one of those kids who's had everything handed to them and then as soon as they see the next shiny thing in the store they throw themselves on the ground and demand, give it to me now, now, now! I need that! And they totally freak out, or they have like a cry-fest tantrum when they hear the word no. Or you see their parents race over to it and pick up that Barbie and and they're like, Here, here, take it. Please stop crying. That's just not the right way to do it. And and I'm not trying to be one of those like parent shamers, but it's a sure sign of someone who has no understanding of the value of money. And more importantly, they have no understanding of the time it took to earn that money. This mentality just breeds discontentment and unhappiness. You're never happy with what you have. The debt monster, the 10,000 pound gorilla I'm talking about loves this because it means that you're never gonna have enough to be happy. You will always feel empty and you're gonna try and fill that with more and more stuff, more vacations, more cars, more TVs, more games, more PlayStation stuff. I mean. I can't even dive into all of the things that people buy just on the fact that they feel like it's gonna make them happy. Contentment and patience are virtues. They are learned and they must be applied to do any good. I'll use the example, and it's a super simple example, and I used it on my five-year-old. If I put this band-aid in your pocket when you've got a cut on your hand, is it gonna do you any good? And her answer was, well, no. I need it on my hand, mom. And so the band-aid example is great because you have to apply the band-aid to the wound to get the desired result in the same way that you need to apply the information that you learn in order to see any change. It's not, I'm not saying it's going to be easy and I'm not, you know, it's not going to be, but it will be worth it. Our peers can derail our better judgment quickly. And with the invention of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Amazon, we are more vulnerable than ever to falling victim to, number one, our jealousy, anger, and resentment that comes from seeing everybody else enjoying life but me. And number two, we're more vulnerable to this marketing and advertising culture where we are um, almost like pushed and compelled to buy things that we see and... Um, it's something that's never been been done before, and it's something that's never been tested before, and we're we're kind of the guinea pigs on it, and we're, I think, falling victim to it more times than, than we should, and I've done it before. I, I find myself shopping on Instagram, and then I have to, like, rein it in. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You don't really need that stuff. Anyway, um, the reality is you're only seeing the highlight reel. Nobody's going to put their worst moments on social media. You're not really seeing the full picture. You're not there when they get that credit card bill in the mail that they can't pay. Or you're just seeing a marketing campaign that's designed to trigger your desire to buy something. I'm saying all of this to you because honestly I believe that you're smarter than this. I think that the world has seriously underestimated us and our ability to see right through it. So many people are getting their finances in order at a way younger age than even their parents. And they're positioning themselves to accumulate wealth. Not only from having a higher income, but but from just being able to handle their money better and having a plan for their money. If this is you, congratulations. But if it's not, there's no better time than now to just start. I've mentioned it before. The first dollar you save is worth more than the last. By taking control of your income, planning and saving for your wants instead of going into debt, you can kick that 10,000 pound gorilla in the butt on your way up the ladder to success. You can do it. And yes, I want to make this point. People will think you are crazy for paying off your debt at a faster pace or for refusing to take on debt. I personally cut up all my cards. I have one, and I keep it for emergencies because that's, you know, what people say. I just keep it. I don't know why. I just can't seem to part with it. But I don't ever use it, but it's just there. But people are going to think you're crazy when you tell them that or that you're using a budget. They will probably even laugh at you like, what? Like, no, that's not in my budget this this month. I don't think anyone in their lifetime has probably heard someone say that. And I use that, that all the time now. I have, I have to tell my daughter, I have to tell my husband, you know, that's not in the budget. It's just not. And it's realistic, and they get it. People are going to think you're crazy, though. Your peers, your parents, people who just haven't learned this behavior with money where we don't go into debt over things we want, not things we need. So, Going into debt is just the normal thing that people do nowadays, and they're gonna think that you're crazy. That's the point. But the point I'm trying to make here, I'm making a long way around it. Those same people, whenever you tell them that you paid off all of your credit card debt, or you paid off your student loans, or you paid off your house, or you paid off your truck, they're gonna wanna know how you did it. Oh my gosh, that sounds great. How did you do that? What did you use? What, what app was that? Use used the budgeting app? Or what kind of spreadsheet was it? Can can you send me one? They're going to start coming to you then for advice because deep down inside, they really want that 10,000 pound grill off their back too. And the reason why they think you're crazy is because they don't think it's possible. And the moment that you prove to them that you've been successful and that you've done it, their perspective changes and they see that it is possible. I can do that. And it's really rewarding in that fact. And the same thing happened with me in another aspect of my life. And I told you guys I was going to talk to you about my weird diet. And I, I mean, but I lost a lot of weight and got some pictures of me I'm not proud of where I kind of had like chubby little chipmunk cheeks. And so those chipmunk cheeks are long gone. Hopefully they don't come back. But when people saw me eating my meals that I had packed even though we were out to eat or timing my meals like I had to eat at a certain time or I had to pack a bunch of food with me um, If we did anything or if we traveled, people thought I was totally nuts. They were like, why would you do that to yourself? They looked at me with like such sympathy in their eyes. If we were sitting at a Mexican food restaurant and I didn't eat the chips and queso and they were like, why, you know, why would you do this to yourself? What's wrong with you? And then fast forward like six months and 30 pounds and everyone who saw me, including those same people were like, oh my gosh, what happened to you? How did you do that? How did you lose that weight? What was the name of that diet again? And and can you send me, let me get a piece of paper and I'll write that down. You know, and it was amazing to me that my success had completely shut up all the naysayers. And not only that, but they were looking to me for advice. I was really inspired by that because it made me happy to see that others were motivated to make a positive change because of what I had done. It wasn't an easy journey. I had to be consistent and focused. And it's the same thing with my money. And at the end of the day, it's really rewarding in my opinion. And the confidence that I gained from achieving a major goal like paying off all of my credit card debt or losing 30 pounds, those things are something that no one else can do for you. You have to put in the time and effort and make a choice to change your life. And I'm just going to end there because I have gone on quite a long time but I'm very passionate about this and I really hope that you guys are getting some benefit out of my opinion. And I will see you that's it for this episode of the balancing act remember living below your means in the good times is the best way to survive the bad times i'm christy hayes and as always thanks for listening the information contained herein is provided solely for informational and educational purposes reflects only a summary of the topics covered and should not be construed as the provision of personalized investment advice or the making of any investment recommendation. Rather, the content simply reflect the opinions and views of the speakers, which are subject to change without notice. There is no guarantee that the views and opinions expressed herein will come to pass. Listeners should conduct their own independent investigation into the topics covered and should consult their professional, financial, legal, and tax advisors before taking action on any of the content contained in the podcast. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of amounts invested.